The text this evening is found in Nehemiah, the eighth chapter, and I'll read verses five and six. Again, that's Nehemiah chapter eight, verses five and six. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he had opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The people of Jerusalem, those who had returned sometime before this from captivity in Babylon, had gathered, as it says in this account, as one man in a street by the water gate in Jerusalem to listen to Ezra the priest read from the book of the law of Moses, or the Torah, or as we know it, the first five books of the Bible. When he opened the book, Really, it would have been a scroll at that time. All the people stood up. And then in verse 3, it tells us they were attentive unto the book of the law. I read an article this past week about another church organization that sent out a memo to its pastors and ministers telling them to limit their sermons to 17 minutes. They determined that to be the attention span of their congregants. And I realize yours is much greater than that. But I am mindful now mentioning that, so I'll watch the clock. But just by comparison, the people that listened to Ezra read from God's word listened for six hours and were attentive. That's enough time to read the book of Exodus and the book of Leviticus. Verse 8 says, so they read in the book, in the law of God distinctly, and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. It's important for us to properly understand the word of God. I heard a story of a man who took his wife to her first football game. Of course, afterwards, he was curious what she thought. She said that she enjoyed it, but she just couldn't believe how much those men would hurt themselves for 25 cents. And he said, what on earth are you talking about? And she said, well, I saw them flip the coin And the rest rest of the time they were yelling, get the quarterback, get the quarterback. Well, we don't want to just listen. We want to understand God's word in order to be able to properly worship him. As the people in Nehemiah's time did, the people in Jerusalem were hungry for God's word and received it with understanding 
and with a desire to apply it to themselves. They had just been part of a tremendous blessing. The good hand of the Lord raised up and used Nehemiah to lead an effort to rebuild the walls and the gates of Jerusalem. And what had for many years seemed impossible to them was completed in just 52 days. They knew that it had only been accomplished by the grace and the mercy and the strength of God. So this place within their hearts a deep desire and gratitude to worship their God and to hear his word. And what we find in this eighth chapter is a great example of what true worship look, looks like and what it produces in the heart of those that practice it. Some 500 years after this, the Lord met a Samaritan woman by Jacob's well and told her the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such as to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. True worship can only come from a regenerate heart. To worship in spirit, you have to be born again. To worship God, who is a spirit, we have to be ourselves made spiritually alive. And we must then continue to be in obedience to God's word in order to also worship him in truth. There's a, a divine dialectic in worshiping God in spirit and truth where they're always connecting and interacting the word as far as worshiping him in spirit and truth so that one always leads to the other. The people in Jerusalem that listened to the law read by Ezra had hearts that were open and willing to apply what they heard. Psalm 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. This is what they experienced as they heard God's word. Because again, they, they heard it with a desire not just to listen, but to understand it, to be attentive to it, and, and want to then take it and to apply it. Verse 9 in this 8th chapter tells us that all the people wept when they heard the words of the law because they received it that way. It got in deep. It touched their hearts. God's word is truth. Truth is like light that illuminates the heart, exposes uh, any darkness, but always leads us to the truth. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, 105, thy word is a 
lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So we are to worship God in spirit and truth, and that is what they did. They bowed their heads. They worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. You see, true worship leads to an appropriate response, one of humility and of reverence. We have beautiful accounts both in the Old Testament and the New Testament that show us how worship is conducted around the throne of God in heaven. And they provide us with a a glimpse of what goes on there, which also to us gives us an understanding of how we should approach God. In fact, in the Lord's prayer, we say to our Heavenly Father, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. You have an account in Isaiah chapter 6 and Revelation chapter 4. In those you see scenes where the worship of God by the holy angels, it says they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. God is holy. Psalm 96.9 says, O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. There needs to be the proper reverence. There needs to be the proper attitude as Isaiah, when he saw the Lord on his throne high and lifted up, he said, woe is me. Because he understood how holy God is. And really, how needful we are to have experiences done by God in our life to redeem us from sin and to sanctify us so that we can draw near to his presence. In the book of Hebrews, it says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Peter wrote in his first letter, chapter 1, verses 14 to 16, as obedient children not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, you you can't say that you're saved and continue to live an ungodly and a worldly life. But it says, as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. And what that word conversation means is in our conduct. We have to strive to live holy and thank God he has provided for us entire sanctification. To worship God in spirit, truth, and in the beauty of holiness, we must be obedient to his word and live then sanctified lives before him. The Apostle Paul to the Romans in chapter 7 verse 12, he said the law is holy and the commandment holy, and just, and good. In the first 11 
chapters of the book of Romans, we find most of where we get our, what we call New Testament doctrinal theology. Much of it is built from the book of Romans. Salvation, or justification by faith, entire sanctification, and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So it's interesting, after laying the foundation of God's word, of God's doctrine, Paul then opens the 12th chapter with these words, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He doesn't ask you and me to do something that we cannot do. It's reasonable because he's provided it for us. He's made provision for it. Our Lord suffered outside of the gate so that we could be sanctified. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. We have to have that transformation in our life in order to be in an acceptable condition to God, to be able to worship him in spirit and in truth. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need that. If we want to be able to worship at the feet of Jesus, we need to be doing those things that bring us in to that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Like the people of Nehemiah's time, we want to be attentive to God's word and we want to take also the time to understand it, to properly apply it to ourselves personally. We don't take God's word and apply it to somebody else. We take God's word and we apply it to ourselves. We are then able to present our lives that holy, that living sacrifice. The people of Jerusalem heard God's word, applied it, and it led to a time of national revival. In fact, many refer to this time as Nehemiah's revival uh, the Jewish people look back at it and refer to it as the great revival. And we want revival today. And we can get it if we're willing to worship God in the spirit and beauty of holiness in spirit and in truth. The Lord promised as we hunger like they did, and thirst after righteousness like they did, that we shall be filled. A spiritual hunger works just the opposite of a physical hunger. It increases as you feed it. You want a spiritual hunger, give it more of God's word. Give it more prayer. And that hunger will just continue to increase. Well, in the same manner, our worship of God works much the same way. It increases in the deep level of satisfaction that we have in our heart as we take the time 
to worship God and draw closer to him. Nehemiah reminded the people in the 10th verse of the 8th chapter that the joy of the Lord was their strength. This morning, we were encouraged to ask, to seek, and to knock. Why? Because it comes with a promise. We will receive. We will find. And the the way, the, the spiritual need will be opened to us. But that will only come if we are attentive then to that word. Brother Dave was telling us to ask and to keep asking, to seek and to keep seeking, to knock and to keep knocking. If we understand the word and are attentive to it, we then will enjoy the blessings of it. Whatever we're asking, we're going to receive it. Whatever you, you've you been seeking, you're going to find it. If something has been stopped in your spiritual life, that way will be open to you. But it takes being attentive to the word of God. Well, you and I, we can experience having the joy of the Lord as our strength. We want to take every opportunity that we have to come before the Lord and to worship Him. You want to take the time to thank Him from the depths of your heart for all that He has done in your life. And I guarantee as you do that, Joy will come down from heaven. And if you have a need, as you begin to draw closer to the Lord, he'll help you to see the way to get to where you need to be. He's so very faithful to do that. He will make darkness light before us. He is more willing to give than we are to receive. We're going to have an opportunity to worship the God of heaven here tonight. The song is 657. Take full advantage of it.